On this episode of Stories Behind the Grind, listen to my conversation with Julio, Social Media Director at Perfect Daily Grind, the world's leading online coffee publication. We discuss how Perfect Daily Grind grew into the powerhouse publication it is today, what steps you should take to plan releasing your content, and skills needed to stay ahead of social media changes. My name is Aidan Vokolo, and here you will find business strategies, tips, and tactics that you can incorporate not only in your own venture, but your life, to help you simplify and strategically grow scaling up the impact you're having in this world. Listen as I talk to creators, innovators, and game changers on what it takes to build an impactful business, uncovering their insights, strategies, and tips to help you increase profitability and develop a thriving team culture. Welcome to the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. Julio, thanks so much for coming on the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you, Aiden. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with you and chatting all about the story's behind the grind. For sure. Uh, Julio, you're the social media director at Perfect Daily Grind, which is the world's leading online coffee publication. Social media has obviously been a key factor in terms of growth. Where did your interest in social entrepreneurship and social media come from? It's quite an interesting story, right? So my background, it was not technology. Um, I studied agro-environmental engineering. So social media was never in the picture when I first started my professional career in that sense. But as I started to work with Perfect Daily Grind uh, three or four years ago, social media took over, right? So as part of the company, my task and my disinvolvement in what we did was basically around social media. So basically, I, I took love for it and uh, I saw great potential, whether it's something else. And I started disinvolving my knowledge, my learning, and basically what I knew about coffee on social media. Then... We started developing new projects with Perfect Daily Grind in general. So social media became just a bigger part of the picture. We saw great potential, not just for us, but for the people we work with, for the people we who we work with, basically to develop business, to develop relationships, to speak to people, to reach out to audiences, which social media is all about, right? So my interest in social media became, you know, natural, I guess, in that sense. I never seeked it, but um once I fell in love with it, it never stopped. And I think that that's where we started developing new interesting ideas and new projects that, as for now, is, is what we do and what I do mainly uh, as Perfect Daily Grind social media director. Yeah, great to hear that you've been able to sort of grow Perfect Daily Grind and, and take on all these new projects and, and grow through them. What's been some of the most interesting projects you've worked on recently? So at Perfect Daily Grind, basically, we have... Three main projects per se. We're the company has three main pillars, which are the publication, right? So it's publishing articles on a daily basis, both on English and Spanish. We have the social media and digital marketing agency per se, and consult at a consultancy agency as well. So the projects at the moment is basically since our audiences, both our audiences and our clients' audiences have been growing quite a lot. Projects involve whether it's influence marketing or just you know social media content sharing in general. It's pinpointing strategies that work both for a company and both for the audience, right? So I think in social media, whether you're a coffee company or not, the main thing comes down to what content you're sharing and all the workflow behind that content and how that content basically develops and results. In coffee, for example, if we're speaking about a producer doing some kind of work with fermentation. All of the social media content out there, you know, you can basically develop a plan, a content strategy, basically for roasters, for buyers, for coffee importers, or basically for coffee consumers in general, 
to know more about that copy. You can do that for anything. I think for any product, for any, any service, it's possible. So whether you're someone who sells coffee, someone who uh, sells a product that brews coffee, et cetera, planning those strategies are the main part of the projects, right? It's a little bit complex and it's a little bit, how may I say, like abstract, but the projects also come down to basically planning, strategizing, publishing, and then measuring results. What's, uh, what's part of the planning phase? If you had to do a bit of a deep dive into that, are there any steps that you go through to make sure that planning phase is done properly? Yes. In, in, it's a little bit different, but I tend to associate it with basically marketing, right? So you have social media is really interactive in a way, in difference to marketing. But as for the plans, what we usually do or what I like to do in general is take a step back, do some research, depending on what you want to do, right? If, for example, Aiden, you have a podcast, right? And you want to reach audiences and you want to reach people who is interesting in stories behind the grind and all of what your mission and values are. We firstly take a step back and see, okay, who's your audiences or we want our audiences to be. Then we do our research of the sources and the resources we have in order to see, okay, uh, what information we count with and what are we going to do with this information? Yeah. So basically we create a strategy in which we combine the ingredients of, you know, value, authenticity, the content and the resources we have. And after that, basically it's content creation, pure content creation. And of course, always having in mind that the audience that are going to be reading this have to see value in what we share, right? So that's second step of the phase in, in planning. Then you have to check, double check, triple check your content, whether you're putting it out live or something, you know, you're scheduling it or not. And then just sharing it, you know, have a plan to share it, where times to share it, uh, what locations, if you're sponsoring your content or not. And then just basically capturing all that data of results and managing that data into a new strategy, right? So that's one of the positive things of social media, that social media, at least the majority of social media platforms will give you feedback of how your content does and uh, how many impressions and what people are reaching and what's successful and what's not successful. So as part of the plan, responding to a question, our fifth or sixth uh, step is always uh, recapping on what was successful, what were the results and what we can change to optimize those results. Yeah, that's such an important thing to have is is that feedback and to go back through it and, and figure out ways that, you know, what worked and what didn't and then use that to incorporate it into the next campaign or, you know, the next content that you release. Thank you. Thank you for um, yeah, mentioning Absolutely. that sort of key because, you know, part of it all because you, you can go through all this work and, you know, provide value and, and be authentic and, you know, have the best information out there. But if you don't use the feedback at the very end to to make the next, you know, the next thing that you do, next project, whatever it might be, then exactly. you're never sort of learning. So it's, it's such a key, key point. Absolutely. And I think in coffee, it's a little bit different on how it manages or, or how can you manage a campaign, uh, at least back in the days when I'm mentioning three or four years ago, specialty coffee was starting to boom on social media, right? So you've seen growth. For example, you go to hashtag specialty coffee. Now you have, I think it's all around 3 million posts, right? Back in the day, maybe it was 800,000, 700,000. So your content work was much more visible back in the day than now. That happens in social media. You know, it's growing. It's always going to grow, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or any other platform that appears in the future. So it's quite complex. But in the end, I think it all comes down, you know, to taking advantage of, of, of course, being consistent, sharing authentic content, right? That's going to separate you 
from all the different content out there. And basically in coffee, at, or at least in specialty coffee, sharing that or taking advantage of where we started has influenced a lot of where we are now and how we strategize now in specialty coffee and social media. Can you talk, talk about that a little bit more in terms of using from where you've started and how you've used that going forward these days? Yeah. So when we started back in the day, like the content we shared, of course, in Perfect Daily Grind, we have the advantage that we speak to coffee professionals on a daily basis. So information is coming in, you know, in tons. It's it's massive amount of information coming in. We're reading. And of course, our aim is to break it down, at least for everyone on social media and be able to read it, right? So attention span in social media is it's quite low. My example is if I'm scrolling down on social media, my attention span, like if you really want to get me, you have to get like my first three seconds of a post or a story or a tweet, you know, you have to get it for me to like to stay. And that's one of the key points you have to see when creating content, right? You know that people, even though they spend a lot of time on social media, they spend really few seconds on each post, right? Because because of their interests, right? You're trying to be... Uh, or see more content that interests you. So back in the day in coffee, since we published one article, well, two articles per day, we had a lot of content to structure uh, what we published on social media. One of the things that separated us from any other, you know, per se, publication blog or something uh, similar was that the information coming out from us was the information from the same industry. So we were shedding a light and highlighting the industry's challenges from a different perspective. and. As an unbiased point of view, I think we include a lot of, you know, or open the doors for conversation, which back in the day was one of the keys to get engagement rolling. Afterwards, uh, we started to see, we started to ask people, once you get a bigger audience, you're available and you can ask questions, right? So what do you want to read? What are you looking for? What's missing? What can we share? And we got great feedback. We always get great feedback because we have a really inclusive community. So... Once you get that feedback, you say, okay, take a step back, read what people want to read, and of course, be more inclusive. And that's where the content came in, you know, whether producers wanted to learn more about their diseases or roasters, how to, you know, or maybe someone wanting to get into coffee roasting, learn more about what's a nest curve or how to create a roast profile for, you know, for a medium roaster, things like that, that maybe in the industry, people were more close or close to speaking about. We basically share them on. So why not, right? Our aim is to share information, educate an industry for an improvement in general. So after getting to know what people wanted to hear, our content started developing on that side. And from then on, it's basically just sharing what people can use to learn and progress in their professions or whether you're a consumer and just want to enjoy more about coffee. And then it came down to that. Nowadays, I think that it's more about Keeping the same, like keeping the same content, but in different ways, because content shares, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, all these social platforms change, they update, right? So we got to keep aligned the content strategies with these updates. And it comes down to sharing all the information possible in a, in a digestible way on social media. How do you stay up to date with all those changes that happen, especially across a, you know, like you said, there's lots of platforms that you can be on these days. How do you keep up to date with all those changes? So it's, I think when something changes, people don't like change usually, and it comes down to trial and error. I think that social media, you have to have a little bit of patience to trial out what's happening with your content. So for example, when Instagram 
incorporated stories at the beginning. People were like, okay, this is a little bit more like Snapchat, you know, am I going to be posting something about me and my life or me and brewing? If I'm a coffee blogger, I'm going to post my coffee shop experiences or my coffee travels. So it's a startup. And from then on, you get to see what people tend to share, how many time people tend to spend on stories. So you just start putting out content, see what works and see what doesn't work. That's where patience comes in, right? You can't say, okay, this is going to be the perfect content if you haven't trialed and if you haven't seen what really works. So basically, it's trial and error on how we keep with these updates, right? I usually tend to compare this as if I was a chef, a pastry chef, and I was to say, okay, I've been a pastry chef for 10 years. I'm really experienced and I want to create a new dessert. I create the ingredient list. I create the dessert, but I never try it. I don't know if it's going to be good or not even though you're experienced, right? So it's a trial of error of trying your dessert and see, okay, a little bit more sugar, less sugar. And the same works with social media, right? You have to put your content out there. If it doesn't work, okay, if it, you can see what why it didn't work and you can structure it differently for the next time and it will work. So uh, these changes all comes down to trial and error and basically putting more and more and more content out there. How do you get the balance between quality and quantity of content? That's a really good question. In the end, I think that once you step on on quality content, right, you try to maintain that framework, whether it's posting stories or the text you include on your social media, quality comes down to the details. And I think that if you streamline, if you have a work, whether you work independently or with a team, if you streamline your work and you're capable of maintaining a lot of content and having high quality content, I think that it all comes down to, okay, how much content I'm sharing and how much value is that content offering, right? So I may share 10 posts per day on my personal Instagram account, for example. But out of the 10 posts, maybe one gives value to my audience, right? And for me, the 10 posts are high quality. But then you start to see, okay, if one of the 10 posts is giving value or is more engaging to my audience, you have to study the post, you have to study the content, you have to study or see, okay, I speak about this and this is what my audience wants. And you have to balance out that out, right? In the end, it also comes down to whether it's what your audience wants or what you want, right? So something that I think people that are on social media and are trying to expand in their businesses is that what you share has to be something that your audience wants to see. If you want to share what you want to see, your engagement won't be as positive or successful as if what you're sharing for your audience is, is, is what you want to share, right? Take it in personal instances, what you follow is what you want to learn about, what you want to read about, what you want to be updated. But if you're someone following an account that speaks about themselves or whether it's a personality, a company or or something else, you tend to start lose interest because you're not gaining anything from it in the end. So it all comes down to a balance between quality and the high quality of your content and the volume of it. I think that social media permits, you know, algorithms change and that's a whole different topic. But I think that social media is something that it's a platform that lets you test out. And if your audience is, is used for you posting, I don't know, 10 posts a day, that's good. If your audience is used for you posting one post a month, that's good. You know, I think it's also reaching out and trying to develop your audience as best as possible for you and for them. Yes, yeah, so a good distinction you made is about really understanding what your customers want or what your audience wants and start delivering content that's valuable to them, not necessarily valuable to from your perspective. 
it really needs to be from their perspective. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. And then keeping the quality at a certain level and then producing more and more content over time. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what platforms have you found to be the best source of organic growth for Perfect Daily Grind? For PDG at the moment, it's definitely Instagram. Instagram and Twitter have been growing quite a lot. But I think that what Instagram offers you is the combination between information, text information, and visual information. So it speaks a lot to the senses. And in coffee, of course, that's really important. I think that you know people, whether they're experiencing origin, it's a huge window to experience origin. It's a huge window to see brewing techniques. It's a platform in which you can share information and be visual. So I think that organically, that's one of the best ways to engage with your audience. And for Perfect Daily Grind, it's been one of the most successful in those terms. Yeah, it's a good it's a good medium in terms of you've got so much variety as well. You you've got short clips with you know Instagram stories, and you can put longer form content in the actual feed itself, and then have you know variety of video, audio, and and sort of written content all combined into one. Exactly, and Instagram. I think that you know since it developed, since it was acquired by Facebook, and they let you be a little bit more inclusive in terms of a business. So you can you know you can put links on it. You can share. Uh, you can redirect people there to your website. You can share screenshots from other platforms there. You know, add music. You can revolve your content in video, 60 minute, 60 second video or longer if need be. You know, you can add an album or a collection, if you may call it that, to your post, to your feed. You can add 60 minute movies to your IGTV. So, you know, it's, it's quite a varied amount of, of content you can put out there. And for PDG, I think that was, one of the main reasons that we tend and we still are being successful in that way because we're putting out content in much, much different ways we did back in the day, but at the same time, sharing the same information or the same high-quality information uh, we did back in the day and we still are. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really allowed you to, to leverage the, the content that you're producing and put it out in different forms to, you know, for different people because everyone, everyone consumes content in different ways, some like written, some like video, and some like audio. So it's a great way exactly. to, to, to exactly. get all that information out. And yeah, exactly. And I think Instagram, since it lets you connect you to other accounts, we saw like we had a huge amount of content, video content. So we started PDG video, right? I think that I'm not mistaken, it's in 20K right now. And then we started PDG Nihongo, PDG Korea. So we're starting to put content out there in different languages and different formats. And I think that's where our minds open and say, okay, we have so many contents. Our team is based in so many countries, right? Whether it's origin or not. So we try to open a window and see, put a clear view to whether you're a consumer or a coffee professional of what's happening in the industry. Uh, you mentioned before, you know, you've expanded from English into all these other languages. What have been some of the challenges you've experienced, you know, communicating your content across different continents and, and different languages? The main challenge in that sense is keeping quality. Right. So trying to share the same content in different languages comes with a barrier. A lot of things, at least in the coffee industry, words, technical words that are spoken at origin may vary even within, you know, El Salvador, Guatemala, Costa Rica. They may have a different reference to the same thing. Let's not speak about translating that into English and then translating that into another language. Right. So the challenge is keeping that quality and that same reference in different languages. So if we're speaking about a processing technique or we're speaking about how to roast or how maybe even you call the coffee bean, green coffee, 
or in Spanish called eh, Café Verde and maybe in Korea and, you know, you call it different else and something else. So uh, keeping that same context reference and structuring your information to be the same in different languages has been one of the challenges. But what we try to do is break that barrier, speaking with people that are bilingual, trilingual in that sense. So basically you trust where the information is coming and you trust that that person understands coffee language at the same time understanding language and their language in general. Mm, sort of bridging the gap between English and, you know, whatever language you want to translate it in and, and talking to those people that are fluid in both and can understand the different nuances that come with terminology. Exactly, exactly. I think that lexicons and terminologies in coffee, it's quite a big topic because um, within producing countries, let's say Latin American producing countries, staying away from Africa, Indonesia, uh, and the Asian producing countries, speak Spanish, right? So for, I, I was born in El Salvador, for example. And when I go to Colombia, when I go to Brazil, or when I go to Peru, they use really different words to what we use in Central America, for example. So sometimes you got to try like to ask, okay, what's this? Why do you call it like that? And then trying to find a midpoint when we share content because we're sharing it to everyone out there. So to try like to find a middle point in which everyone understands and could, can digest the information you're sharing. Yeah, that's so important to get that sort of that sweet spot in between sharing content. Wanted to ask, you mentioned before about getting feedback for, you know, when you're sharing content, you know, to measure engagement and whatnot. Are there any key metrics that you like to keep keep a track of? My favorite, and this is this is gonna be like a more personal answer. My favorite is comments, right? I think that comments is the best way to engage and to measure engagement. And this is because it's basically creating a conversation. You're, you're having a conversation with people. You're, whether it's receiving responses or hearing out opinions of any, on any topic, I think that comments is one of my favorite metrics and one that could measure a successful social media account or a social media campaign in terms of what you're looking for. Of course, Sometimes it doesn't come down to that. It may come to clicks or it may come down to likes and impressions, et cetera. But I think it all, in my opinion, is, as I say, it's, it's all about comments, right? So I tend to say like, it's better to have, for example, if I were to have numbers and comments and generate leads through social media, I prefer to have 10 followers that the 10 of them are going to engage. And if, for example, I sell tickets, the 10 of them are going to buy these tickets than having 1,000 followers and only one of them will, you know, because the content you're putting out there is going to be more valued. It's going to be, it's going to be read. It's going to be, it's going to be a word of mouth in the end because people are reading it. People are commenting on it and you're going to be on people's mind. So as for the metric, it's for me, it's pure engagement. I prefer to have a post that has, I don't know, let's say 100 likes and 1,000 comments than a post that with 100,000 likes and just 10 comments, right? It depends on where you stand, I think. And Metrics are always helpful. All numbers will, all data will give you something to work with and uh, a stream of line in which you can move different strategic plans on what to share. But key metrics for me are engagement. It's engagement, definitely, which is something ultimately, if you're starting, much more challenging to have. Yeah, it can be hard, hard to uh, generate that engagement to start. But it's a, like how you said, comments are such a really good way to measure it because it shows that people have read whatever you're posting, have thought about it and then have responded. And then if you respond back, you, like you said, you start to generate this this conversation and be social on social media. Exactly, exactly. And in the end, it's, it's, as you say, it's social media, right? 
And uh, the comments are always going to be helpful for you as well, because you're hearing out your audience's opinions or thoughts. And that's going to give you, that's a key metric as well. That's an informative and, and qualitative metric, not a quantitative, that will give you a breakthrough as well onto what to share, what not to share, or what your audience wants to, to speak or read about. Yeah, and like I said before, then you can incorporate that feedback, you know, for the next the next post you might make and go, okay, well, you know, my my audience is really engaging with this type of content. Yeah, exactly. And to that, as you know, like making a, a small comment onto your question of what are the key metrics, I think with metrics you have to be patient. I think that a lot of people say, okay, I'm putting out there, if you're a photographer, I'm putting out there amazing photos, but I'm not receiving yet um nothing at all, whether it's comments or congratulations on the photography or projects or people you collaborate with, it's patience. I think that uh, as time evolves, you know, Instagram has been around more, for more than 10 years already. So you have to be patient. You know, there's a lot of people out there, more and more users are using the platform each day. It's increasing. So whether it's Instagram, YouTube or something else, you have to be patient for, with what your content is about. And that's where authenticity and keeping yourself consistent with what you what you want to share comes in and plays a part. How do you keep your authenticity coming through? It it all comes down to being realistic in terms of what content you're sharing, right? So if I'm a coffee producer and I want to be authentic, I want to share what happens down at my farm, right? Whether it's getting to know the team members I work with, there's backstories, my challenges, whether if my farm is, for example, in Guatemala, I have a farm at, I don't know, 1,500 meters over sea level, and there's a storm coming in and sharing all of what coffee producing is about is being authentic, like my challenges, uh, my advantages, my line of work, the people I work with, how I produce coffee, what time I harvest. So it's, I think authenticity comes down to the details and sharing the real details, right? It's not valuable to share information that's that's worthless in the perspective. So authenticity, you bring it out being yourself. You know, I think that whether you're a company or yourself independently or a team of five or 10 or 100, if you keep it real and if you keep sharing the uniqueness of each person, company, product, service, I think that authenticity comes down to that. Yeah, sharing the full picture of what you're going through and, and who you are. Exactly. And that doesn't mean you have to disenclose details or quote-unquote, confidential information, if that's the case, uh, whether if you have a secret recipe, you don't have to share that secret recipe, but you have to keep authentic that you know why are you doing that or you want to share why the reason behind what you're doing. It's like you know Coca-Cola. They're never going to share the Coca-Cola recipe, but they're authentic in the way that they want to enjoy it and they have a backstory. They want you to be happy, etc. There's a lot going on. You know, It's a lot of marketing, but it all comes down to the same on social media, whether you're in coffee or not. Yeah, I guess it goes back down to um, even before social media, if you want to uh, have connection with other people, you've got to show you know, who you are really. Exactly, exactly. And I've got people that say, let's say producers that tell me like, hey, will you listen on? Uh, I'm sharing a lot of images here and, and, and I just, I'm not getting clients or leads or generating leads through, through social media. What can I do? And they share examples of people who have and I tend to tell them, like, like, see mm-hmm. what they're sharing, study that information. You're going to see that's, that's really unique. And they're sharing a whole different story to what you're sharing. So 
the response and my response is you need to share what happens behind all that coffee. If you share just a picture of your coffee uh, as a result and with no information, you're not sharing value or maybe you're not piquing someone's interest in what's behind that coffee. Yeah, it's, it's definitely important to, to share the, you know, everything that goes on behind the scenes as much as possible. You know, like you said, without sharing any confidential information or, or company secrets. Exactly. You know, to give people an insight into, into what goes on. Exactly. You can see that on, on wine industries and beer industries and, you know, the cacao industry as well, being to bar chocolate. You know, you have, you can step aside the authentic, you know, craft beer or natural wines or different, you know, really unique wines. And you have the same in coffee. It's, it's all about the story behind the product and, and why is it different to any other product. Yeah. And people are curious. You know, some people love to know, you know, what goes on behind the scenes, what goes on behind, exactly. you know, their cup of, um, their cup of coffee. Exactly. It's, it's, it's great that you've been able to, you know, through Perfect Daily Grind, you know, share that process and, and get that information out there for people who really do want to know a bit more about where it comes from, as well as giving suppliers and those at origin the ability to share their stories and, you know, the challenges that they've been through. Cause it's not an easy process and it's quite a hard industry to be a part of. So it's, you know, the work you're doing with, with Perfect Daily Grind to, to share that information out to the world is, um, is, is really, really good. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Thanks so much. I think, you know, it's the industry as I, I believe you spoke with Henry before. And I think that it has a lot of challenges. And once you learn more and immerse more into the industry, you see there's a lot of flaws, whether it's, you know, financial, whether it's information, whether it's coffee in general, the industry uh, needs to evolve in terms of technology or innovations. We want to shed a light on every single step of the supply chain to better empower everyone in the supply chain, whether you're a supplier, whether you're an importer, whether you're buying or selling coffee, the more informed you are, it's better to take informed decisions that, or at least, you know, be a little bit more immersed in the industry to progress within time. For sure, yeah. Having a, you know, a bit more clarity on what goes on on every aspect in that supply chain can definitely help make more informed decisions going forward. Exactly, um, as a consumer as well. Mm, yeah, definitely. It doesn't matter where you, where you stand in that, you know, that whole process. The more you sort of know about it, about your, your duty, wherever you are, and the other elements in the supply chain, it can definitely help to have a better understanding of what happens. Exactly. Final question for the podcast, and I'd love to get your perspective. What's your definition of the grind? My definition of the grind, um, that's a really great question. I think the grind comes down to working and doing what you love. I think that the grind comes down to waking up each day, knowing that the work you're going to do is going to change lives, or in the future, the result of your projects are going to change lives. So for me, the grind is doing that daily work, whether it's, you know, Seven days a week, five days a week, three days a week. For me, the grind is waking up and working for the better, not just for me. I think that we have to be really altruistic in that sense. And for me, the grind is working to make, whether it's an industry, the world, your company, or someone else's lives, a better place. Brilliant. I, lo- I love that definition, You know, especially having that high, higher purpose in, in what you do. Um, where can people find more about you? They can find me on Instagram, definitely through Perfect Daily Grind or my personal, without a doubt. I'm on Facebook, Twitter as well. Uh, my favorite, of course, is Instagram. I'm mostly active there. But yeah, if anyone wants to reach out, speak, uh, ask questions, they're more than welcome. Yeah, we'll, we'll include uh, links to all those social media handles so people can click on those links to connect with you. 
thank you again for your time um, tonight all the way from Madrid. It's been great having you on. Not at all. Thank you, Aiden. Thank you for your hard work. Um, I love your podcasts. Keep doing uh, what you do. Keep grinding as you do. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we get uh, to each other soon. Grab a cup of coffee and continue the conversation. For sure. Definitely. Thanks again. Cheers. Thank you, Aiden. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Stories Behind the Grind. Please share the podcast. And if you're not already subscribed, be sure to do that right now. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could do me a quick favor and rate and review the podcast. This lets the platform know that I'm doing something right and people like the content. It'd be a huge help and I'd be really, really grateful if you could. Until next time.